Hoot 7 proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle, featuring your host, the writer, Chris Pike, and the scoring machine, Sean Reddish. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. We're in a different world now. We're in the midst of coronavirus. All in our isolation booths, we're all locked away, but it doesn't mean the basketball world doesn't keep on ticking as well. So there's plenty to talk about in the world of the NBL. We've still got some fallout from the NBL's grand final decision to talk about. We've got some unfortunate news about one of the, the NBL clubs. There's free agency movements that are beginning to happen, even though official free agency has been put on hold for a little while so there's plenty still to talk about and of course we're all suffering the effects of COVID-19 to one to one degree or another so we'll we'll get through all of that on another episode here of Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle and hopefully you're all tuning in and hopefully we can help fill in fill in the time that you're trying to to use up at the moment as well so I'm Chris Pike your co-host but I'm sure the man that you're all tuning in to listen to and that you want to hear hear some thoughts from the scoring machine the Perth Wildcats legend Sean Redditch how do I find you during these strange times? Yeah, it's been uh, a few uh, few interesting weeks. I think, you know, being uh, self-isolation, only going out for the bare essentials, uh, you know, there's going to be plenty of time to listen to podcasts. So hopefully our listeners, uh, we can fill in some time uh, while they're uh, waiting around for COVID-19 to, uh, to finish up. Yeah, let's hope so. I still remember the first effects we saw of this between us was when we talked about how you had to cancel your your trip that you were having through Redditch Basketball to the United States. And I still think at that point, we just didn't think it was going to end up being as serious as it has. But all of a sudden, here we are. We're all in lockdown and, and isolation. And like you said, we can't really go out unless we have a, a really, really good reason. Um, in terms of you, Gretchen and Dylan and Haley, how has it affected your lives so far? You know, it's changed things quite a bit. Uh, the daily schedule, you know, I'm no longer able to uh, run a basketball programs at the moment. So that's kind of on hold. And um, the kids are home from school now. So you know, plenty of home time here. I think we're, we're pretty lucky. We're, you know, we can, uh, the kids can go outside and, you know, we've got the basketball hoop out front and uh, some, some yard in the back. So we still can get fresh air and, and trying to keep some type of normality. But it's a, uh, you know, I think it's one of going to be one of those times where you just kind of look back in your life and, and realize uh, it was a, you know, something that you'll remember for the, for the rest of your life for sure. Yeah, it's certainly something that. I guess and, and unless you've lived through a world war or something that you've never sort of thought you would experience something like this, but it, you know it's just it's happened so quickly and it's it's spreading so fast right across the world that I I think the way we're dealing with it so far in Australia and, and in WA where we are, um, I think we're handling the best we can. Still see some stupid people around, Sean, and you're not too far away from the beach there at City Beach. You, have you managed to avoid being one of those those people that like to not listen to to some of the rules that we're being told to follow? Oh, look, I think you you got yeah. I mean, you've got to if everyone abides and, and tries to do the right thing. I think hopefully this will be be done sooner rather than later. But you you know see the scenes of Bondi Beach and mm. just the packed packed beach. Um, I think here in WA, because we have so many beaches, you can you could probably still go to the beach and still uh, abide by the social distancing. Um, you know, even uh, I know some some of the surf lifesavers are still down there this mm-hmm. past weekend. So, so it, it's one of those things. I think we're we're pretty lucky in that uh, living in a in a you know the most isolated city in the world in Perth. Hopefully, uh, could help things um, and you know minimize the impact of COVID nineteen. But it sure is had a huge impact on the world and i guess she just kind of shows you the the world economy and starts in in a in a town in in china and uh just having a ripple effect all around the world how does somebody like sean ready to fill in a day where you wake up and all of a sudden you don't have work to prepare for how do you how do you fill in a day how have you been filling in the time I'll uh, I'll be honest. When uh, when I realized all the gyms were going to be closed, uh, mm. I rushed out to get some uh, gym equipment. And uh, yep. I guess if you're in the business of selling exercise equipment, you would be uh, <laughs> if, you, if you had some in stock, you'd be making a killing. Um, there was absolutely almost nothing left in the stores, but I managed to get a few uh, 
a few items. So uh, most of the days I, I start the day with a little workout in my home gym in my garage. And, uh, and then, yeah, do some planning for Redditch basketball and, and help play a little one-on-one against Dylan. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just try and try and fill in the, the time a little bit, uh, make a few phone calls. So it's, um, you know, it's, it's just kind of a new normal. I think it'll be uh, when things get back to uh, what we're used to or we're looking forward to it. But sometimes a slowdown, uh, you know, you can get things done that you uh, that you probably been putting off as well. So I've got a few uh, mm. jobs around the house that needs to get done as well. Yeah, speaking of exercise equipment, I've been I've been trying to go to the gym as much as I can lately, but all of a sudden when my local jets closed down, I I had to stop doing that. But my my sister had a has a treadmill and she wasn't using it. It was at her her in-laws house. So we we went around there and got it from their house. We moved it to my house in the trailer. We rearranged my my living room so then the treadmill's there so I could could use it. Um now this won't surprise you to hear if you know anything about my luck. We plugged it in, we tried to get it working and nothing happened. So for the last week, I've been desperately doing everything I can to try to get it to work, but it just won't turn on. It'll turn on, but it won't recognize any of the the buttons once I push them. So I've been desperately trying to find somebody to come out and repair it for me. So far, I haven't been able to get anyone to come and look at it. So that's that's how 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 my experience with the exercise equipment has worked so far. So hasn't hasn't been great luck. But if anyone knows a treadmill repairman that's willing to come out to visit during these times, and you're listening to this podcast, please get in touch because I would after rearranging my lounge room to get it to fit out there i wouldn't mind <laughs> yeah well that's uh yeah sorry i can't help you with that i don't know much <laughs> about the uh fixing treadmills but um yeah it's a uh it, you know the the good thing is this time uh, in wa in perth the weather's pretty nice so i guess you could uh get a little outside and, and maybe uh use that that outside fresh air um before it gets a little bit colder and you definitely need that that treadmill yeah, not a bad idea because Laura, Laura, my girlfriend, is also home, working from home now as well. So she's taken up the kitchen table out there as well. So all of the piece I used to be able to get during the day when she was at work has now disappeared as well. So interesting times. But I, I don't know if anyone's here to listen to us talk about all this, Sean. So let's move on to some some basketball talk. Now, big show we'll, we'll have this week as well where, as promised, we'll have a winner announced for our ID Athletic competition with, with one of our very special listeners winning a full set of, of basketball singlets so we'll announce that later in the show as well but before we get into dissecting what's happening in the world of the NBL Sean Hoops Heaven they've made this show happen they've been a great supporter of ours and I, I just wonder when you first moved out to Australia I'm sure that you had to get all of your basketball shoes that you were wearing to play sent to you from, from overseas and I just can't help but think a place like Hoops Heaven now must have changed your life as a basketball player as well because all of a sudden you have a, an actual physical soul that you can go in and get your shoes and especially over the last six or seven months since Hoop 7's jumped on board to support us here I'm sure you've got to know the guys there at the store very well yeah no they've been fantastic and I think uh, especially being a tall guy size 15 shoes it's mm. hard to find. So uh, one of the benefits of being able to go into the store is actually try the shoes on. Yeah. Used to uh, always have to just order them online and hope, you know, maybe just ask around to the guys, oh, how do those new ones feel? And then uh, mm. and then hope hope that they felt good when uh, when you received them. So to be able to go in and try on a few different pairs. Um, I know last time I went in, they, they, they really recommended the KD-12s. I tried them on and they were, uh, they were I was pretty impressed. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they definitely know their, know their shoes and their gear and uh, they've got everything and, and be able to have someone local and they also ship here you know they've even shipped to, to my house and it, it's got yep. i think i ordered and it was here the next day so um it's a pretty quick turnaround as well so if you need something uh get out and, and support the local business as well as small business i think it's uh, important this time um, especially in what we're going through to be able to uh, keep these these businesses that we uh, learn to love uh, alive when we get through this uh, COVID-19 situation. Yeah, absolutely. And right now you can still order online at hoop7.com.au. They're still available to purchase anything from the store online and they'll, they'll be able to ship it out to you. So yeah, check them out at hoop7.com.au. And once you get to check out, thanks to 
their support here of Bicycle Hustle. Just use the code word HUSTLE and, and you'll get a special discount as well. Now, Sean, a couple of weeks on now since the NBL decided to award the NBL Championship for to, for the 2019-20 season to the Perth Wildcats after they were leading the best of five game series, two games to one. When we talked about that two weeks ago, we both agreed that was the right decision. Um, I think it's fair to say the Sydney Kings have let their feelings known since that they are unhappy with the way that the NBL handled it you know, altogether, and I think that they're unhappy that a championship was rewarded in the end. Um, what? What? When you've had a chance now to reflect on it for a couple of weeks, do you still feel the same way that the right decision was was reached? Yeah, I think so. I think all NBL fans, and maybe outside of the Sydney Kings fans, would have kind of felt like it was an empty season if they didn't award a champion, hmm. and. Um, you kind of, you know, you listen to the Sydney Kings comments about it. And, uh, and the hard part is we don't know. We don't know those conversations that were held in the, uh, in the background going into game two and game three. And obviously, um, after game three, uh, with the communication between the league and the teams and all that stuff. I mean, I think everyone was kind of, didn't really know exactly how this was all going to play out and, and what was going to happen. So obviously they kind of felt like the communication there from the league to, to the teams wasn't great. It's such a, it's such a hard one. I still think you gotta, you gotta award a winner. If you played three mm. games, I think you've got to award a winner. And, uh, and I think for the majority of basketball fans out there, that was the right decision. Um, obviously, Andrew Bogut's come out and, you know, he was disappointed that, but I think he's more disappointed that he felt like the it was up to the players to make that decision. He kind of felt yeah. like the league should have stepped in from a safety point of view and called the the series. Yeah. And, um, and so there, and, and, and Rightfully so. I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of things factors to go in. You know, they had imports that were scared about not being able to get home and see their loved ones and and that type of thing. So there were so many different levels to it, and maybe the communication could have been better. I don't know. I did like that the league came out and talked about it and said, "Look, we're going to review the facts and we'll award a winner." They didn't just come out and do it straight away. I think it's yeah. a. Um, I thought communication from the league's point of view throughout it was, you know, they went on overtime and and talked yeah. about it as well. So I thought it was it was much better than we've seen in the past, where it's just kind of they put out a statement and that's it. You know, yeah. it, you know, actually talked about what they're thinking, what they're and. You know, I, I think it was a, it was the right decision, but it was a uh, – and if you're the Wildcats as well, it just kind of felt like a really strange championship. You know, you saw them. Mm. They were in that in their uh, offices and watching the TV when they yeah. made the announcement. Yeah. And they're, they're all excited, but you can kind of tell it's not that same. It's not the same as winning it on the court yeah. in front of your fans and, and being able to celebrate with your teammates the right way on the court and the coaches and, and all that. So it's just a uh, – it's definitely going to be uh, one that uh, a lot of people remember, but probably not in the best way. Yeah, there's talk about how the championship will always have an asterisk next to it. In, do you agree with that? And what do you think that means? Do you feel like it it is a, at all a tarnished championship, or do you think it? I think you know when we reflect in ten years' time, should it count just as much as every other championship? How do you how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think I think there will be an asterisk next to it, and hmm. and it's just and, and no fault to anyone, but I think yeah. there is going to be a little bit of you know they didn't complete the series. Um, obviously, you know I think Wildcats deserved it at being up two one, and um, but yeah, it's a uh, it, it's going to be a tough one, and I just you know you feel for the the gods as well you just and the team and you know you go into all that effort you want to be able to celebrate championships of those gods it's their first their first championship that they won um and but they didn't really get to properly and then you go into the COVID 19 stuff you've got to self-isolate so these guys Mm -hmm. probably haven't even seen each other since that uh that that championship celebration right after and now they've got to be stuck in their houses so it's (laughs) it's a uh it's a strange situation and uh yeah i just i know how special those championships can be so i kind of feel for the guys not being able to uh to really celebrate it the way they they should have been able to bryce cotton was named grand final mvp the right decision in your mind yeah, no, I think that was the right decision. But I think Nick yeah. Kay was, you know, I think people just said for sure Bryce Cotton was the MVP. But I think 
I think Nick Cave was outstanding in the series. So, sure. you know, I would have put him up there uh, as a as a as a legitimate chance. But I mean, it is Bryce Cotton, quite possibly one of the greatest that that's uh, put on a an NBL jersey, and and certainly mm. uh, has done some remarkable stuff in his four years. Damien Martin's in an interesting position now where he's pretty much relying on what his doctor tells him to see if he tries to play on again for next season or not. But I want to get your thoughts because we've talked a bit a bit now on this show this season about Bryce Codden potentially being the greatest Wildcat of all time. But Jesse Wagstaff on a special edition of, of Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle a couple of weeks ago when I caught up with him raised the, the question that, that Damien Martin should be considered right up there amongst the greatest Wildcats of all time. Where, where, would, you, where would you put Damo in that discussion? Well, certainly, uh, you know, he's kind of been the leader of quite possibly the greatest era in, uh, in we've ever seen in the NBL and certainly yeah. in the Wildcats as well, as great a tradition as they've had. I mean, six titles in, what's it, uh, yeah, 11, 11 years? Yeah. yeah. Six titles in 11 years and and two of those years he was injured yep. but they yep. didn't win it so yep. <laughs> um it's uh it's quite possibly you know you can't look at his stats you know they don't you know i kind of compare him to a bill russell you know yep. i think people yeah, great comparison um you know you can't look at you're not going to look at bill russell and you're not going to look at will chamberlain and say oh they're two different players so i think it's yep. hard to compare it but i mean if you're looking at just pure impact it's hard to look past what Damian Martin's done. I mean, six six titles in in eleven years, and you know he's been the leader of that. And uh, it's a uh, it, it's it's pretty impressive. I think you've got to uh, definitely have to consider it. And uh, you know, I think if you ask the fans, I don't think there's been anyone that gets mm. a bigger cheer in their career yeah. than Damian Martin. So uh, you know, if you ask the Red Army, I think you'll be up there. Would the top three be Ricky Grace, Damian Martin? And Bryce Cotton already, or does Sean Reddidge, Andrew Vlahov, James Crawford? Where, where do where do these guys fit in? How do you, how do you see the top three right now? If you had to had to name the top three, you're probably not going to put yourself in there, but I think you deserve to be in the discussion. Oh, it's a, it's such a you know with most teams you could pick out the top three. Mm. With the Wildcats, it's it's a long discussion that you've got to have, I think. Yeah. Um, because there's so many different. I mean, obviously, Ricky Grace in 15 years and pretty much has every record of of the Wildcats, and he kind of started everything yeah. there as well. I mean, I uh, I know Mike Ellis was there at the beginning, but it was kind of when Ricky came in is when you know things started. They kind of to win, yeah. Yeah, started to really um, started to really take off. So um, he, he not. You'd have to throw in Andrew Vlahov, just the impact and uh, that he's had on that that club, and you know I think he was a, a big reason for for a lot of the titles. And you know Bryce Cotton, I think it's just a for Bryce Cotton, it's it's just more of a probably a longevity thing. Yeah, you know I think m- many people were probably talking about Kevin Lishan there at some stage yep. Yep. Um, before he decided to go on to Europe. So for me, I would hold off on Bryce Cotton just only because of the longevity. I think that's one of the things that's made the Wildcats such a successful club is the guys that have been there for for such a long time and, and still involved. I mean, you still see Vlahov at the games and yeah. you know Mike Ellis. It, it, it's great to see so many. Um, former players still involved in the community and in, in, in basketball in some way or another. So I think, um, you know, if you probably ask me, I would go obviously Ricky Grace, Damian Martin, and, uh, and Andrew Blahoff is, is yeah. my, my three that I would put in there. No, it's, it's fair enough too. And I think you make a good point about the, the longevity. If you have a look at all of those other guys, they've all played 300 plus games. So I think we talked about a few weeks ago, if Bryce gets the 200 game mark, that's when, he can probably start to really be in that discussion for the, the best of all time. Moving on, though, Sean, some unfortunate news in recent days about the Illawarra Hawks. It's probably not, and unfortunately, it's not that surprising. So their owner, Simon Stratford's come into some difficulties, whether or not it's it's been caused by COVID-19 or if it's been just worsened by that, I'm not sure. But he's finding it, finding it difficult to be able to now fund the Illawarra Hawks to keep them surviving moving forward. It looks like it'll lead to some staff cuts in the in the short term and the long term probably if they are going to be able to play 
in the upcoming season, whenever that ends up being, that the NBL is going to have to be either funding them or a white knight saviour of a new owner is going to have to come on board. What's your understanding of the situation and what's your reaction to, to the news? Well, I think anyone that's kind of followed the NBL and been involved with them for a long time now is probably not too surprised. It kind of seems mm. like this comes up every couple of years with Illawarra. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think in my time, when I first came into the league, they were one of the toughest places to play and probably had one of the better. Them and surprisingly, Townsville had uh, the best yeah. crowds and the best support in the league. And it, it just seems to have died off um, probably over the last five years and probably yep. the last couple of years. It's really, um, you know, hasn't been great. I thought I was hoping that LaMelo ball would really have a big impact. It seemed to be more when he was on the road than when he was at yeah, home, was, yeah. um, which was, I, I thought was surprising, you know, considering that Illawar is, you know, it's a uni town. I just thought, uh, you know, maybe LaMelo Ball coming in, he might be able to attract a few more of those, the younger mm. generation there and uh, and just get more. But they just haven't been able to draw, have be that draw card. Um, yeah. So you just, it'll be an interesting offseason for him. Um, you know, the, the thing that I I think might be help them is is a lot of these um we talked about this before the show is a lot of these ex-nba guys are are really wanting yeah. to look into tipping their toe into to ownership we saw that in in brisbane and obviously in uh, new zealand breakers as well so i mean yeah. it's, it's pretty tough to and pretty expensive to own a team a professional sports team in the u.s so uh, mm. australia south, is south, a, southeast melbourne as well yeah, in Southeast Melbourne. So there's, there's, you know, guys that are looking um, for ownership. And, you know, you could probably use the U.S. dollar exchange rate. There might be some mm. uh, interested yeah. people. And it's a unique – I mean, it's – a lot of people are want to own a professional sports team, whether that's the right decision or not. It's a yeah. uh, it's an intriguing thing for a lot of uh, – especially ex-athletes. So I, I think there would be some interest there. It's just a matter of, you know, can they find the right owners – and, uh, you know, they're going to have to uh, yeah, probably cover some of the costs for a number of years before they can get back to that uh, sort of thing. Because the hard thing with the NBL is you're not getting a whole lot of TV revenue from it. So you've no. really got to be sustainable. you got to get bums on the seats and, and be able to uh, to really get some, some local sponsors as well. Being a, a smaller town probably makes it hard to get those corporate dollars as well. I guess the unfortunate reality for the Hawks is that the whole league seems to be heading in a in a real upward trajectory, except for them. If you take a look at take a look at the Sydney Kings and and their crowd numbers are fan, fantastic. They've gone through the roof over the last eighteen months. The Perth Wildcats are as strong as ever on and off the court. The Cairns Taipans off the court were a lot stronger this year. They got better crowds as their results improved, and they're also looking to head in in a new direct direction to move from a community-based club like Illawarra to having a private a private entity come in to, to own them, which would hopefully inject a whole new level of funds into the Taipan. So they're heading in the right direction. Melbourne United is, is a strong club on and off the court. The Brisbane Bullets now, they've got, like you mentioned, Kevin Martin behind them as an owner are heading in the right direction. And I think their move to the Netball Centre this season was a a win for, for them. The New Zealand Breakers with their new ownership and, and since they've made the move to Spark Arena there, their crowd numbers have shot through the roof. The 36ers with their move to the Entertainment Centre was a, a massive win for them and I think you'd have to say that the, the Phoenixes first season was a was it was a was a pretty good success in terms of laying the foundations for a future for them so the unfortunate reality is the hawks are the only ones sort of treading water right now so if you had to lose a club in the league i guess they're the ones that are probably expendable right now if you if you had to lose a lose a club yeah i mean it, it, it is a good point but i, I just feel i mean they're a foundation club i, I hope yep. you know they try and do everything they can to save them and, and from a player's point of view as well, I feel like I feel like we need 11 or 12 teams with the amount of talent that, that the Australia sure. has, New Zealand has. And so, you know, we're just adding that team the following year. I just feel like we've got to get over that hump and provides a little bit more opportunity for some of these, these up-and-coming stars. And that's what a team like Illawarra is has been able to do is give some of these younger guys you saw that was Sunday dead yep. uh, a few of the, their young guys just got really got a great opportunity Dan Greta 
And um, and th- I just think that uh, you need you need those those clubs in. I think we need to provide more opportunities for basketball. And you're right; it's 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 an up and coming league. It's growing in every market. Hopefully, they can get some the right person in there and, and really build uh, Illawarra Hawks up to what we know they're capable of. Um, yeah. You know, I've seen it, and, and getting support behind it, it's just got to be on a consistent basis. Yeah, for whatever reason, as you touched on, they've just lost touch with their local community. So the the Illawarra region just doesn't seem to be behind them like they were 10 years ago. So whatever a new owner can do or whatever a new management can do, they just need to somehow spark that because, like you said, no matter who the new owner is, he's not going to be able to come in and throw his money away forever. Eventually, they're going to have to be at least breaking even or trying to make a profit. So let's hope that there's a solution to this and let's hope, even if it means the NBL has to float them for one season, let's hope that they can get through this 2021 season, which is going to be a challenge for everybody. And then let's hope they can be back on their their own feet. And and by the start of 21-22, we've got the Tasmanian team in, We've got 10 teams in the league and there's more spots for Australian players because, like, like you said, we've got too much talent right now for, for only the – well, what, what I mean, there's only eight spots per team for an Australian or New Zealand player across across eight or nine teams. It's not enough. So if we can have 10, it means we're getting towards the, the 100 mark of having local players in the competition. That's probably a bit more closer to what we need. So, yeah, I definitely hope that we don't start losing clubs again. So all the best to the Illawarra Hawks. Um Free agency. Normally, we would be talking about some signings by now, Sean, but that's been pushed back to at least the start of the start of May, and I think rightfully so, just to allow everybody to sort of take stock about what's happening. From a player's point of view, is it a bit disconcerting that you're not going to know where you're playing for a little bit longer? Would you prefer to be able to lock it away a bit sooner? Yeah, I mean, definitely. You want to know uh, what's going on. And yeah, usually you've heard a lot of re-signing. I don't, we haven't heard any re-signings, have we? Not many. Uh, yeah, there hasn't been uh, much news out there. I think everyone, you know, you look around at all these leagues. I mean, the NBL is probably in pretty good position in the fact that they did finish, well, you know, finished almost all of their season, barring yep. two games in the finals. But, you know, they were able to kind of get done before, you know, you look at AFL and some of these players they're they're having to take i think a 50 percent pay cut yeah. for a little while yeah. um rugby the a league has you know per glory have sacked all their players yeah, apparently yeah um yeah. so you're just looking at i mean just look how fragile these these sporting organizations i read today that rugby australia has laid off 75 percent of their workers as well so yeah. all these organizations these sporting codes are, are really struggling at the moment so it's um it's going to be interesting this next season what's going to happen with the salary cap i mean Mm. my understanding is it it's pretty much they have a salary cap floor and it's only going to can only increase depending on what the average spend is by all the clubs and i think there were some clubs that that uh will probably have uh, made the uh, salary cap increase for next year. So I'm, I'm guessing yeah. the owners are trying to figure out, well, what are we doing here? It's what's the salary cap going to be? You know, what? And you just look at the ramifications, sponsors and, you know, disposable income of the fans. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a tough year for sports, I think, coming up. So yeah. I can understand why the NBL has put it back. It's probably the right decision, but if, as a, as a player, um, you know, you kind of want to know what's what's going on. But it's a uh, it, it's going to be an interesting when we do get to that. I think they've said May first, so they may reevaluate yeah. it again. But uh, it's it's going to be interesting, you know. And if AFL has moved back and they're still playing when the NBL starts up, do they move their season? It's going to mm. be, uh, you know, there's a lot of factors that are going to go into play into uh, in, into next year. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the right decision to push it back just because right now, I guess clubs don't know how much money they're going to be able to have to offer players because they don't know, I guess, what, like you said, what the salary cap will be, but also how long the season will be, if it'll be the same length of a season. So I guess we need to start working out all of those things before you can make make you know big big time offers to players um wanted to get your thoughts on some a few individual players though to, to see where you could imagine them ending up anthony drimmick had a had his career best season at the adelaide 36ers but from all reports well i guess right now it's jeff van Groningen making the decisions at the 36ers until they hire a new head coach all reports are 
he's not overly wanted to come back to the 36ers. If he ends up in a new home, where do you, where do you think a good fit for him could be? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. I, I, you know, I love the competitiveness of Drimmick, and I think he's improved mm. over over the last couple of years. And and I think you know I could see him going to like a Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Yeah, I could see them going after him, depending on what they do with Madgen. I think he had a an option in his his um, yep. his deal coming back from Europe. So I don't know where they sit with that, but I could see him kind of slotting in there. Obviously he's got that connection with Mitch Creek as well. So yep. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to throw that out there that maybe if he does leave Adelaide, maybe the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix uh, would be interested. Cam Glidden is a fascinating one. We know how good he can be. Um, he was coming off playing at the World Cup and just, for whatever reason, never got going last season at the Bullets. So I think it's, it's pretty clear to everyone that he'll be at a new home next season. To me, he'd be a great fit to come back home to Perth and play at the Wildcats, especially probably if Damian Martin ends up retiring. I would love to see a backcourt of him alongside Bryce Cotton, but I'm sure he's not going to be short on on suitors either. And and even if you if you mention Drimmick to the Phoenix, then he's probably it would be a good fit for the Phoenix as well. Where would you see the best fit for for Cam Glidden being? Yeah, I I, I think you're right. I think um, it, it probably all depends on what Damian Martin does. Yeah. If um, you know the Wildcats, you know he would be a good uh, matchup next to Bryce Cotton and, and Mitch Norton. I think they yeah. would kind of be perfect complements. If if they need some three-point shooting, put him and, and, and Bryce Cotton out there would be yeah. a, a pretty dynamite one too, I think. And and they're both kind of combo guards. And, you know, I think that's a that's a great fit if uh, if Damian Martin isn't going to go on. So I think it all kind of hinders on that. But yeah. it's a uh, – and I don't know how much he wants to come back to WA. Obviously, he's got that connection. So it would be uh, – I, I think that's a, a good fit, but look, I think Cam Glidden could suit, could fit in anywhere. You know, he could go to yeah. Adelaide. He could um, fit in any any club. Uh, you know, he's that type of player. I think anyone's going to benefit, and he's going to have a lot of suitors if uh, if he is available. Ruben Tarangi, another fascinating one. Who he went from being a, a dual award winner two seasons ago to virtually being a non-factor last season with the Bullets. But he's got a lot to offer. And I think he's still only 25 years of age, even though he's played probably around 250 NBL games already. To me, he's got a lot to offer as a as a defender, a rebounder, a shooter, and a pretty good athlete. Um, I think clearly he needs a new home outside of the Bullets as well. Would it be back home to the Breakers, or where do you think he might be able to, able to, fit, able to fit in? Yeah, I think the Breakers would be a, a good fit for him. But I think... Um... You know, maybe even uh, a Cairns Taipans or yeah. possibly possibly even, depending on what happens with David Barlow, you know, Melbourne United sure. might, might be able to, to use uh, a versatile guy like that. So, you know, I think he's... He'd play a very similar role to Barlow, doesn't he? Yeah, that's, yeah, good, that's a good so call. So I think there's, um, there's, there's some opportunities there. Yeah, was some, I think it's... Uh, I don't think we've seen a guy that, you know, come on so much in 12 months and then mm. literally drop off and not yeah. not get any um, any opportunity last year with the with the bullets. So you know, he I knows mean, he knows Dane Vickerman well, so that could be a good fit. Yeah, so you know, that, there's another one there that he has that that opportunity. I'm sure he's going to have plenty of suitors. Um, mm. Just just knowing what he's capable of, and you're right, he's still young. So you know, you could go get him uh, on a three year deal, and uh, he could be a uh, a big uh, a big get for a lot of teams. Harry Froling is another one that took a step backwards this season, but he's still got an enormous enormous upside if he can get himself motivated again and get himself back in the shape that he that he that he that he was. It looks like he ne- he needs to find a new home outside of Adelaide as well. To me, there'd be a great fit for him in Perth if Nick Kay leaves. I think he would be a great replacement there, but I think there's probably seven or eight clubs that would be happy to snap him up and, and hope that they could get the best out of him if he becomes available. Oh, yeah, I think everyone – I mean, you can't – you don't get guys that big and, and that talented and that skilled, and, and he's got such t- soft touch for a big guy. So it's a – 
he'd probably hurt his value, just the production mm-hmm. he had this year. You kind of thought being rookie of the year coming into that second year, if he if he was still as hungry as he was, he seemed to be in that that first year. His uh, his value could have skyrocketed. So you know, if I was in his position, I'd go somewhere where I know I'm going to play quite a bit. Yeah. Um, maybe go for a year and two and try and um, you know, I kind kind of build up my. Uh, I guess my resume and, mm-hmm. and try maybe a team like Illawarra as well that, um, yeah. you know, could go play with his brother, with his brother. and uh, they could yeah. have a little uh, Twin Towers co- connection going. Yeah that, yeah, that could work for sure. What about the Perth Wildcats? If if you're Nick Kay, would you be seriously considering a move to Europe right now? Is that something that would do you think would be good beneficial to helping his career take the next step or would you want to want to stay where you are what would you be doing if you if you if you were him it's a, it's a, it's a tough one and i think um you know even reading the article about him earlier in the week just saying that you know i think he was seriously considering going to europe after the season but now you know you talk about this covid-19 and just mm. uh you just don't know what these european leagues are going to do what kind of money they're going to have um, how secure, you, you know, you look at a guy like Angus Brandt who's stuck over in Italy and not yeah. sure when he's going to be able to get out. Clearly the season's pretty much done there. So he's probably going to miss out on three, four months of payment. So, and that's, that's always the gamble with, with your, you know, they promise a lot of, lot of things, but sometimes it's not as, uh, as glamorous as it looks. And the reality is it's a long season. You can just see Bryce Cotton, you know, he's gone and done that route. And he's, I don't think he's, you know, for a full season, he'd pretty much rather play here and then maybe go pick up a gig after season. And that's what I would kind of suggest with Nick Kay. I mean, I know there were some teams contacted me about him going over to Puerto Rico and, and asking about him. So I know he was considering that at, at mm. one stage as well. Obviously that leagues put on hold now as well but i think that's a better better fit but you know it's uh it's a matter of preference sometimes you just want to go and explore and see how you go in that european competition so it's you know it's different for every everyone but you know clearly he's um he's had an outstanding two years here and it's just a matter of you know does he want to go outside his comfort zone and explore something new Possibly, but um, you know we're com- coming up into an Olympic year, so does it help him yeah. going over there? Does it hurt him? I don't know. It's a it, it's a tough one. I know he, he's definitely helped his case by playing in the NBL and how well he's played yeah. uh, here, and uh, he seems to be settled here in Perth as well. For sure, Tariko White already been linked to the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Whether or not there's anything to that or not, I guess we'll find out next month. But I'd be surprised if the Wildcats weren't ready to move in a new direction anyway. I'd be surprised if the Wildcats offered him a new contract to come back next season. Where do you where do you read Tariko White being, being at right now? Yeah, I think, you know, I thought for sure he would, you know, I think he's a good pairing with Bryce Cotton and his ability to yeah. shoot the three. But I think we also showed when, when Clint Steindl can knock mm-hmm. down threes as a better clip even than, than Tariko, does it make him a little bit more expandable? So I think it's... Um, or expendable, should I say? Yeah. I think he's, uh, you know, he didn't play great. I'm not sure he was 100%. I think there were some mm-hmm. niggling things there. He didn't seem to be running around 100% probably the last six, seven ball games. So, you know, do they take that into the equation? I think they might look at other options, but um, yeah. it, it'll be, uh, you know, you talked about Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. I think one thing, Tariko Watt did play pretty good in, in the big game, but he didn't seem to be 100%. Um, yeah. in the last half of the season. But I think at the start of the year and obviously at the end of last year, he, he did uh, did some great things with the club. And I think he is a, a good complement to uh, to Bryce Garden. We talked about Reese Vega a couple of shows back. I think he's somebody who probably just can't find a way into the rotation of the Wildcats right now behind Jesse Wagstaff and whether or not it's still behind Nick Kay or it might be behind whoever's signed as a new power forward. I think he's going to continue to struggle to, to find a regular spot, but I still think he's somebody too good to not be in the league. If you have a look at somewhere like an Adelaide or a, an Illawarra or, or a Cairns or even a Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, I think he's somebody that could actually take on a, a pretty handy role still. Yeah, I think so. You know, it's, I thought the previous year he had made some great strides, even at the five spot. You know, he led the Wildcats team in, in block shot yeah. um, two years ago. So I think, and he wasn't, not, not like he was playing a lot of minutes either when he did that. So he's got capability there. And I think, you know, it was just a, uh, a numbers game. And obviously Trevor Gleason, Jesse Wagstaff experience. So it's just, you know, do the, I know they, they see him as, you know, taking over for Jesse. 
um, when he's uh, when he does finish up. But it's a Jesse's you know, you want to hang man. around and wait for that. I mean, that, yeah. when Jesse played this year, that could be another few years. So Absolutely. it'll be uh, interesting offseason what they do with that. And that and that's where that third import kind of hurts a guy like like Reese Vague. You know, you got eleven spots. It's it's hard as a coach to find get 11 guys into a rotation so i think yeah you know i don't think it's it's a knack on reese Beg's development i think it's just an opportunity thing and unfortunately you know he was playing behind nick k who's probably the best four man in the league and probably jesse wagstaff who's probably the best uh six man at the four yeah. spot in the league as well so it's a it's just a numbers game for him what impression did you get from miles Plumley about a chance of him being interested in returning for another season do you think there's a chance I think there is a chance, especially with, with what's going on in the world. You know, I think he, he enjoyed it here. Obviously, his uh, his girlfriend's from, from Australia, so yeah. I think there's a, a good chance. Uh, it'll probably just be a numbers game, really. Clearly, he was still on that big wage with the NBA. I think that mm-hmm. finishes up this year, if I'm, if I'm yeah. understanding that correctly. So it'll be, um, you know, I'm sure there'll be other suitors there, but I, I know the Wildcats will have those conversations because it's hard to get a guy like, like that. I mean, he didn't set the world on fire, but I think he fitted into the Wildcats culture and that that's worth more than uh, than a lot, a lot of times to them. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more plays on the free agency list once it comes out. Does anyone else jump out at you that you're looking forward to seeing where they might might land over the next couple of months? Well, I, I think you got to look at Cairns, Taipan, see if they can sign all their imports. I think yep. those guys were outstanding, and they'll be on the, the short list of a lot of teams. So to me, I'm interested to see, can they keep that team? Because they were fun to watch and probably unlucky not to get into the grand final with how well they were playing. So for, for Cairns, uh, fans, I would love to see that team come back and, and give another crack because they were they were fun to watch. So I'll I'll really be interested to see if they can uh, retain those guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, a little bit more to go on our show this week, and I'll, I'll get your thoughts on the Olympics being postponed shortly as well, Sean, as a as a former Olympian yourself. But before we get to that, the the thing that we've been waiting all season for, ID Athletic, thanks to Glenn Buxton and his team there, we're happy to donate a, a full set of singlets to one of our listeners here at Hoop Sevens Basketball Hustle, and we put the call out for some entries and and for people to show us the uniforms that you're currently playing in with your with your local team, and to tell us why you need a, a new set of uniforms so we got some some good responses and thanks to everybody that that put in their nomination but but clearly we had it we had a winner sean and we'll announce that shortly but i'll just read the message that we got from this 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 listener first of all and then you can let me know what you thought of his of his singlers as well because you've seen the photos so this this was his application to that he sent through to us hi guys sorry for the late response but all of a sudden i have a lot of time on my hands I am desperate for new uniforms. I've had the same singlet for five continuous seasons now, and even back then it was secondhand or third or fourth, who knows. The first issue with this singlet, there's no less than three other teams with the exact same shade of blue, even though five seasons ago we were the only team. The second issue, I like to play basketball with flair. Magic Johnson is my idol. So whoever designed this singlet was a very boring and unimaginative human being. I want a design that stands out. The third issue, my number six, another boring number, so I'm thinking something like double zero, is about to fall off after one more season of washing. Lastly, and most importantly, the singlet seems to be shrinking every game, and no, it's not because of my burgeoning six-pack. Please help. Congratulations to the Wildcats. Awesome season. Thanks to you guys for filling in some of my downtime over the recent season. I am always and always have been an absolute basketball junkie. I'll definitely tune in, tune in again. I had never heard of Hoop7 before your show, so I took my son to have a look before a Wildcats game, and now it gets a visit every time we hit the city. Great shop, although it has cost me over $1,000 already. Thanks, guys, and stay safe. So that's from Milton Cassidy, one of our loyal listeners here at Hoop7's Basketball Hustle. You've had a look at his singlet, Sean. Can he do with an upgrade? Well, I think anyone uh, could do them a good upgrade. I think it's uh, if, <laughs> if we put a photo up on social media, it's a blue jersey with with the number. I, I, you know, I think they were just desperate to try and get a team in the league, and and went and down to the shop and got whatever uh, jersey was was available. So. Uh, you know, I'm, I know the team at ID Athletic will be able to take care of them there and uh, provide them uh, hopefully with, uh, you know, 
they say if you if you look good, you play good. So hopefully he'll be playing like Magic Johnson next year with his new singlets <laughs> from Audi Athletic. Absolutely. So Milton Cassidy, our loyal listener here at Hoop Sevens Basketball Hustle, you're the winner of our Audi Athletic competition. So we'll put you in touch with with Bucko and his team. There, you can design your uniform. He'll get it sorted once we're through all of this mess with COVID nineteen. He'll get your your uniform sorted, printed, and and out to you. And once we're all allowed out of isolation, we'll we'll arrange it and get together. And we'll we'll get a photo of you with Sean with your new new uniforms. And thanks again for listening. And I guess that's one of the great things we can do here on a podcast like this, Sean, is provide our listeners with something that they might not otherwise ever be able to to access. Yeah, I think it is. It's something that uh, you know we've got some great supporters. Um, Hoops have an ID athletics, so uh, it, it, we've had a lot of fun with it this year, and hopefully our listeners have enjoyed it. So it's great to be able to provide them with uh, with something, and uh, it's you know I'm 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 looking forward to seeing the the jersey he comes up. I think any design mm. will be an improvement on what he's currently got. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So like Sean said, check out our our social media pages, and we'll put up a photo of what he's currently wearing, and and then we look forward to seeing what he comes up with from ID Athletic. Now, Sean, as I mentioned before. The the Olympics, the Tokyo Olympics, have been pushed back until July next year. Now it it still looks like it's going to be the greatest boomers team ever assembled for an Olympics. But I guess there's a couple of unknowns now, especially with Andrew Bogut if he can hang on for another 12 months. What do you think the delay does for the boomers' hopes of getting that elusive medal in in Tokyo? You know, the fact that they've got a new coach, I think it might help because you know you were going to throw. A new coach into obviously those guys have played together, but uh, it gives them a little bit more time to come together and kind of build that, I guess, camaraderie. I think that's going to help them. I think is the advantage that the uh, that the Boomers have. I guess the downside will be: do they lose a guy like Bogut? Um, you know, he's talked about he wasn't health hundred percent healthy this year. We talked about that on the show throughout the year. He didn't look yep. the same player that we saw the previous year. So, can he get his body right, and is he willing to to go around? I hope so. You know, a guy like him, he's kind of started it all for that, those Australians going into the NBA. You know, he's kind of been the starter of the the golden generation, as you would you look at it now, and and been uh, opening so many doors that uh, you know it'd be great to cap off his career with a with a medal. So I hope he can hang on and 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 get to uh, get to Tokyo. But if he doesn't, then it does open up a, a spot. But I think you you know it's going to be fierce competition to make that team. You went to the Beijing Olympics, obviously. What of a 12-month delay, what would have that done to you if you look back now, if instead of the summer of 2008, you had to wait until until 2009? Would have, would have that, how, how would have that affected you looking back then? I think it would, it would have been hard because you just would have been planning it planning it all and, and planning yeah. your your training regimen around it. I mean, the one thing that probably is good is they're able to make the call a little bit earlier than the guys can plan a little bit more now. Yep. Um, they know what their off season is going to look like. So then they can plan for their off season. You know, the hard thing would be, it'd be so much harder if it was done, you know, say a few, few weeks or a month before, because you're already in training camps and all that stuff. But I mean, this affects so many athletes. It's, it, you just don't know how many I mean a lot of them you know basketball you're lucky because you're playing in leagues and you're getting ready you know a lot of these sports that you know they're building four years for that um, yeah. just that that one competition so you, you feel for those those athletes that have kind of been building up for four years now they got to wait a whole nother year um, in some of those sports that don't have leagues and in that yeah. in a team environment where it's uh, I think it's a little bit easier from the basketball point of view to be able to hold off for one more year because it's not changing a whole lot in that that lead up you're still playing with your team and your season and you're just you know moving it back a year yeah for sure I mean swimming athletics all of these type of sports the Olympics is the absolute pinnacle that you make sure at the end of that four-year block that's when you're peaking so all of a sudden to have to put that back I'm sure it's not ideal but yeah I mean it's just a totally different world we're living in right now I guess everything is being done on the fly but from a basketball sense I think it's I think it's a, a I think it's a big win that has been pushed back because there was the p- potential that if the Olympics still went ahead when it was scheduled that it looks like the NBA season if it restarts again it's going to be still playing through July in August there's every chance and all of a sudden a basketball tournament at the Olympics with no NBA players or with hardly any NBA players that wouldn't have been ideal either so I think it's a win in terms of the basketball sense yeah, 
that's a good point. Yeah, it's one of those things where yeah, you don't know where where this is all going to play out in the over the next few months and when leagues can start back up or if they can start back up. So you know, as many NBA guys that are playing on the national team now, yeah, it just wouldn't be wouldn't be right to uh, to play Olympic basketball without the best players in the world playing. Now, you personally, Sean, you had been preparing for another SBL season here in Perth at the Prairie Lakes Hawks. That's been put on hold at least until the end of May, and then a decision will be made based on whatever's happening by then about if the league starts up or not. All of the NBL won competitions across the country, so that's in in Victoria, Queensland, South Australia, have all been cancelled for us for the 2020 season, so they're not happening no matter what. Um, what do you know about your SBL season? Are you hopeful of it still going ahead, or is it just a, simply a case of waiting and seeing? Well, it's not looking great if, if all the other leagues are, are already closing up shop for the season um i guess the mb or the spl is is kind of wait uh wait and see i'm guessing they'll you know make a decision here within the next probably in april at some point and and see but uh, i think it is interesting that the you know the nbl one has already said that they're not going ahead but it is the uh situation we're in uh, i'll be interested to see what happens with the nbl as well if you know if this is still being impactful are you gonna be able to get imports here you know yeah. be able to get through quarantine and and all that stuff so it could be far-reaching even you know past the these sbl nbl one seasons and the nbl season next year um potentially we you know there was talk of the sbl only having the local players um if they mm-hmm. do go ahead so you know the hawks had two two americans that arrived i think on the saturday and then on the monday the league got canceled so or postponed so <laughs> Yeah. It was a uh, pretty unlucky timing, and they were, I think, back on the plane on Wednesday. So yeah. it's a uh, it's a it's an interesting situation and evolving on a on a daily basis. So it's not looking promising for the SBL season to go ahead. So um, you know all that that those trainings and the and the work that all the guys have put in. Uh, it, it's hard to see them losing a season, but um, mm. it's a uh, it's just the the reality that we're in at the moment. Now, for the next month at least, we're still going to be in this isolation phase, Sean. So what does it look like for you? What have you got lined up for the next month? I know if someone was considering writing a book, this is probably a good time to, to get, get a lot of that done. Um, but aside from that, what have, you, what, have you, what have you thought about doing over the next month to fill in your time? Yeah, I think it's just kind of be evolving, trying uh, try and do new things, you know, stuff that you've uh, probably been putting off that you haven't been able to uh, get done. And sometimes it's, uh, you know, sometimes it's nice to just to be able to have some relaxing time and enjoy some time with the family. So I'm sure there'll be, uh, you know, quite a few card games and board games and maybe a little Mm -hmm. Netflix going on and and also a little planning for Redditch basketball for when when we do uh, are able to get back out there and on the basketball courts again, we can hit the ground running. Okay, Sean, let's, let's wrap this up. But, you know, it was great to catch up with you again and great to break up, I guess, the monotony of, of being in isolation to, to speak to someone in the outside world as well. So hopefully all of our listeners here at, at Hoops Heavens Bicycle Hustle enjoyed the latest episode. We'll do our best to keep you up to date and keep you entertained over the next over the coming months as well with everything that's that's going on but thanks as always to hoop seven for making it happen thanks to id athletic for crowning out the winner of our competition as well so stay tuned to social media for the details on that but at least for now sean what can you leave all of our listeners with yeah, well, it's been a fun season. Thanks for uh, for joining me on the podcast, Pucky. I've uh, I've enjoyed it on a, on a weekly basis. Hopefully, our listeners. Thanks to our our sponsors. It's uh, you know we we'll look. It's going to be uh, a long off season, but I'm sure there'll be plenty of news to talk to uh, get back to when we uh, when we start back up next year. And and I hope all our listeners stay safe and uh, look forward to basketball returning in the near future. Have a great time.